0: Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Welcome to Coaching with Kim segment where I dive into answering your style, dating, and relationship questions live here on the Charisma Quotient. All right, I just want to paint a picture of something, like a scenario, because it's, it's not a specific person that I'm talking about just now, but it's definitely a scenario that we're going to talk about a lot today. And we have somebody on the line who has a scenario such as this. So picture this, you just met a guy on Bumble. And you're at work and you really like him. He has all the qualities that you're looking for. But you look at the calendar and you realize you only have an hour in between the hours of 5.30 and 6.30 after work on Wednesday that week to meet him. He begrudgingly accepts that you meet him during that one hour that you have, you race to that date in your corporate suit, greet him with a firm handshake, and start firing a bunch of interview questions at him to see if he's worth your time. Well, needless to say, at the end of the date, he surmises that you're just too busy to date. And quite honestly, he just doesn't feel chemistry with you. Does that sound familiar, ladies? Well, and here's the thing, and some of you know this, I work with just as many men as I do women. And what's interesting to me is when I talk to men, hearing their perspective, I hear all the time, it's a common complaint. They all tell me, they perceive this busyness of a woman as being disinterested, too busy, and they're left feeling emasculated and therefore- not attracted. So this common scenario amongst many busy women who are juggling their life and they're trying to still date successfully is a really hot topic today. And I have somebody on the line who actually is near and dear to me. She is um, somebody that I've been working with for a while and we've been kind of going through the evolution of the different dating phases. And she definitely has a question that I think is really pertinent to a lot of listeners today. So I wanted to welcome Holly. Hi, Holly. Hey, Kim. Thanks for coming on here and being vulnerable. We've been working on that, right?
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> There's nothing like being vulnerable on a live podcast where thousands and thousands of people. <laughs> Are I'm ready? all in. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> love it. Love it. Okay. Well, first of all, do you want to just introduce yourself and like who you are? And because I know you are busy. I,
1: I am a small business owner and I'm a consultant and I'm an author and I'm a speaker and, and all those fun things. And just a little bit of an introduction in terms of how I met you. I was listening to a podcast and you started talking about the archetypes of women dating. And I thought, well, there's no way that I'll be any of these archetypes because, you know, I've got this dating thing mastered. (laughs) And then I listened to the chief and the list list lady and I thought, oh, my gosh, that's me. (laughs) And so I wrote you a quick email and said, you know, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate that, you know, podcast. It meant so much to me. And I heard myself and some of those archetypes and and you offered to work with me. And I I have to say, it's really, really helped me. So um, I'm glad to share anything today that would be helpful to everyone else out there and, and to try to be vulnerable because I think that's one of the things I really struggle with.
0: I love that. And and thank you for sharing how we met too. That, that's awesome. And well, and, and really the archetypes came about because there were so many women that are dealing with similar issues, you know, and to know that, you know, we're not alone in this and, and you may find yourself having glimpses of, you know, these issues, but not all of them. And I think we can just all learn from them. Well, I, and I know that you and I have talked about different things over time, but today you definitely wanted to touch upon one particular thing. And that I think relates to what we're talking about, you know, how to be a successful, busy woman and still date, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, So tell me more, like what, how is this manifesting for you? What's been problematic?
1: Well, when I think about the early phases of dating, um, just, you know, I do a lot of online dating. I have several online dating sites that I'm a member of. And um, I love online dating from one perspective because it's, it can be very efficient. You, you know what everyone's agenda is, you know what they're looking for and I, and I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once it's initiated and the conversation's going, um, this week is a great example. So this week I actually have two dates and I had one last night and I have one on Saturday and they both wanted to do dinner dates. And so I'm also working on a deadline for work this week and I'm, I'm calculating in my head how many hours that's going to take. And so I'm thinking it's going to be four hours Wednesday night, it's going to be four hours Saturday night, plus, you know, two hours to get ready and get over to where you're going. And I'm like, that's like 10 hours. And I'm like, is there any way to circumvent all that and, st- and just say, hey, let's just have coffee, you know, or can we just grab a drink and see if there's interest? Is there a way to either put that in my profile or a very nice way, a kind way to say that to them, you know?
0: Uh-huh. So in other words, because you're so busy, you would like to find a way to tell the men, hey, this is really when I'm available and can we just do a short meet and greet rather than the big, you know, kind of thing. And, and be, still being your feminine, right? Because that's, that's the other thing you and I have talked about.
1: Definitely, yes. Like, I, wanna, I want them to be the guy, and I want them to, to initiate it and you know, be the gentleman and think of all of it. But um, at the same time, I'm trying to, you know, a great example, too, would be last night. I went on this date, and not long into it, I realized it wasn't going to work. And so, you know not to make too quick of a judgment there, but there were definitely some issues there that just weren't going to work. So yes, I think you cap, you captured it just right. How does, you know, to do those initial dating phases and still be in your feminine.
0: So let me ask you this. Um, what, what would be the worst thing that can happen or what is kind of your fear around, not being in control of this date or even the outcome of the date. And I know some of this, you and I have talked about just, you know, there's things about you growing up. I don't know if you want to share that because I think that there's a tie in here.
1: Well, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, so I come from, I'm the oldest child of, um, I have a younger sister and my parents divorced when I was around adolescence. And my dad was not in the picture for a long time. And, you know, we're reunited now and everything's great and he's awesome, but he didn't really know how to be a dad. And I've done a lot of work around that. And um, so I saw my mom have to work a couple of jobs and, you know, I, as the oldest child turned into survivor mode. So um, if I kind of capture what I think that has, how that's transitioned into my dating life now, um, it leaves me with a little bit of a kind of a survivor mentality. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't need you or anybody else. I got this show just fine. And you know, what, what exactly are you bringing to the picture? (laughs) I know that sounds harsh, but that's really, there's a part of me that thinks like that. Um, even though there's a completely opposite side of me, it's like, I really, really want this. I want an awesome man to be in my life and I want a family and I want all these things. Um, but there's kind of a survivor mentality. Um, and I think the only other element I would say from my childhood that, that uh, is also kind of a reoccurring theme for me surrounding my father, like I said, even though we have a great relationship now, is um, I think part, and part of the reason for my successes in work world is uh, I kind of got this, uh, watch this, I'm going to be successful mentality somewhere like check this out you know and so um that worked you know and so in a lot of ways I wouldn't trade that whole experience of having divorced parents and having a dad who didn't know what he was doing you know mm-hmm. um because it's it's been it was growth and it helped me become who I am so I'm very very appreciative and grateful for it but it manifests itself in dating so um
0: yeah I don't know well, they, I kind of got yeah. lost in what you're
1: asking me I hope that captures no, that's, it.
0: Perfect. that's perfect that's so, Let me ask you something. When you, when you kind of dove into being successful back then, you know, and it it would almost sounded like a way to get approval and validation. Definitely. Definitely. Did, Did you, was, was that a way that you could get some attention from either your parents or the outside world when, you know, because a lot of the stuff that you were looking for, like you were mentioning, were, was kind of absent and you just were left to survive on your own.
1: Yes, absolutely. I did get recognition that way. I mean, it's the, in a way, mm-hmm. in my mindset, it's almost like it's the one thing you can control. You can't control when you're going to meet oh. someone or if you're going to meet the right guy. But, like, work is one thing. I got that. You know, I, I know I can make that happen So for, for at least my experience.
0: Got it. So there is a strong association with being in control with your work life and love, validation. Yes. So, fast forward, so how does this apply to what you were asking in the beginning? I know we kind of went backwards in time, but you know me. Like, I, I, I always say our past is connected to the future and the choices we make and the patterns that get created. And I think what triggers you often is when you're in this state of busyness and work is so much your focus. It is something you can control and have some sort of. Um, understanding what the outcome could be so that if somebody's taking that away from you, albeit a date, that feels kind of scary because that's taking away the one thing and one area that you feel pretty good at and where you're getting validated from. And especially if it's a man taking away that.
1: That's a great, yes, That's that captures it, I think. I think there is some of that in there.
0: Yeah. and And, you know, this is really important because I think that unless you stop and think about where things are coming from, it really is easy to say, well, it's just, you know, I'm just too busy to date or, but the truth of the matter is, is that your association with work is something consistent for you that you can rely on. You've learned in the past that men aren't so reliable. So why would you, you right? (laughs) Why would you give up your time to go on a date To a guy who is not reliable versus work that is right there that you know you can control and have results with.
1: Yes. (laughs) You nailed it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, so here's the truth. The truth is, is that you can make time for a date or not. That's totally up to you and, you know, what, what it is that you want. But be careful that you're not choosing work over the fear of abandonment or the fear of, of somebody letting you down and then wasting your time.
1: It's, you know, it's, if I stand back and look at the pie chart of your life, you know, if I stand back and think about the big picture, if someone said to me, what's the most important thing, my answer would definitely be family and relationship. So it's, it's almost like I constantly have to keep that perspective in my life because I realize, you know, you can't walk until you crawl. So it's, it's mm-hmm. no, it, it's constantly reminding myself of that. And that's where the first dates come from. You have to do those, you know, as part of the process. Mm-hmm. And I mean, oftentimes I truly enjoy them, enjoy them. And I mean, I learn something on every one of them and they're good connections and sometimes I make great friends it's just when the time crunch of a deadline intersects with yeah. a date where they are, you know, like the guy, one guy for Saturday was like, let's go to dinner and a movie. I'm like, I don't even know you, you know, it's like eight <laughs> hours. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Maybe
0: the next call needs to be him so that I can coach him because that is way
1: too
0: long. Any guys who are listening out there, never do an eight hour date on your first date. Rule number one but (laughs) let's just go with your, your kind of example or issue. So you, you're, you're right. I I mean, on some level it is kind of, a learning curve for the men out there to know that too long of a date can actually backfire. And I I too am, am a big fan of short dates. I always say that because it should be a meet and greet. It should be light. It should be fun. But I think we're talking about a different issue. I think with you in particular, this has to do more with your mindset around work and love. And like you said, <laughs> the one thing that you crave the most, you fear as well, because, you know, you're worried about the letdown or not working out or wasting your time. That I hear from you a lot. You know, it'll be a waste of my time and I won't get the stuff done that's reliable. So what do you do about it? I mean, let's go into kind of some, some things about it. Um, well, in the scenario that you painted, when it comes, and this, is, this applies to anybody who is in their like, busy mode at work, the truth of the matter is, is that if you are in this state where you are under the gun and you have a project that's due, your mind is completely work-focused, and it would almost do you a disservice to even go on a date during this period. Because even if you squeeze it in from 5.30 to 6.30 on Wednesday, as the scenario that I painted in the beginning, your mind isn't even going to be there. Your, Your mind is, let's get through this to see if there's even something so I can get back to work. And that's never sexy, it's never fun, and it's certainly not flirty. So what I would say to you first is to allow and give yourself permission to let dating go a little bit until you're through this busy period. So that'd be step number one. Number two would be to look at what you really do have time for. So let's say you're through the busy period. You say, okay, um, I really like this guy, but this week is just not going to happen. You can see if you have time to keep the conversation going by some fun, flirty texts to keep him interested. And there's a way of saying things where you don't have to sound like I'm all work and I'm, you know, so busy that I don't have time to play. Show him that you're playful rather than telling him you will be playful in two weeks. Okay. Do you know what I mean by that? (laughs) Right?
1: Yes, I think so. Yes.
0: So in other words, an example of that is what a mistake a lot of women do is they'll say, well, you know, this week really isn't good for me, but I'll be available like after my project is done on September 13th, I think I might have um, some availability on Thursday, September 14th. How does that work for you? So- that just comes across as you're squeezing him in, it's a business meeting, and then you're telling him, Well, I'll be able to be more available to you and have fun on September 14th. Versus if you let him know, Oh, I have this, you know, that you are working on a project. And you start engaging in some like cute, fun jokes in between and, and you start flirting with him, you know, and engage with him and be flirty in your texts so that he's excited. Like he can't wait to see you. I mean, and, and that's the other thing is that you can create a lot of sexual tension and fun part of dating is, is doing that. By kind of stringing him along so that he's like, oh my God, I can't wait for September 14th. <laughs> you know, it's like the build up <laughs> of that. And, you know, maybe it's sending some cute jokes during the day or a picture of yourself, you know, or or whatever it is. It, it depends on if you know this guy or if it's your first encounter, that also you know depends. And Holly, I know you were talking about different phases in dating. And certainly, it's going to play out differently in the different phases. But the concept is still the same. And so rather than using September 14th as a deadline of when you'll be available to be flirty, build up to that and get them excited to see you. Now, your question about can I suggest an hour meeting versus a 8 hour dinner and movie. Well, there's ways of dropping hints, like I always say dropping hankies, so to speak without being all business about it. Well, you know, I really prefer to meet an hour. That would be much more doable for me. I mean, that would be right more <laughs> of your business. I'll, or you could say you know, what I would love to do, I would love to meet you at this new place that I just heard about for a drink. Have you heard of this place? And you know, you could start talking about the place and what you love about it, and maybe some foods or drinks that you really like so that you're kind of hinting that that's more something that, that you would like. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. For, you know, meet and greet, if you don't know the person, you can't really control that too much. I know you would like to, but you really (laughs) can't. So what you can do is when you're on the date and as you're going through it, you can let them know, oh gosh, you know, I I actually have to scoot out, you know, at 730, but I'm so happy we're here. And, you know, you you can just kind of say that you have to scoot out, but you don't have to, you know, make it this big thing in the beginning before you meet. So does that all make sense? I just said a lot.
1: It does. You've always got a good way of putting it. A really lighthearted way. It does make a lot of sense. When I hear it from your, yes, I hear it from your perspective, it it helps.
0: Okay, good. Good. So, well, let's talk about what you're going to do because you are in your busy period, it sounds like. Um, So, do you think it would serve you better to wait for some of these dates until you get through it?
1: I think so. I mean, I've also contemplated, you know, do you have a phone call beforehand? Although I always struggle with that because it's, you're thinking, okay, if we have a phone call, what are you going to do at the end of the phone call? You know, you've said three things over the phone call that now I don't want to meet you. You know, that, that seems unrealistic. Like you're probably still going to be nice person and meet them. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, I mean, so I, you know, but you could do more vetting, I guess, in those situations, scenarios, maybe. Um, no, yeah. I, and, then, and then I also struggle, too, because being a small business owner, it's kind of a perpetual deadline, but, you know, I have people, guys ask me all the time, you know, do you have enough time to date? And what I, mm. I think I've even said this many times, It's probably wrong, but I've said, I don't, I said, I have plenty of time to date the right guy. What I don't have time for is a thousand coffee dates. <laughs> and so, I, I, that's how it comes <laughs> across bad, but that's how I feel. That is truly <laughs> how I feel. Right. The process is what I'm, like, you know. Like if I could right. put all those together and date someone, that'd be great. Yeah.
0: Well, any guys listening out there, I'd love to hear your feedback on how that is, how you're receiving that, like how, what
1: Holly just said. So, so say that again. What do you say? I think I've said, I, I don't know I've said it that often Yeah. Or, or to anyone I'm not that interested in, but people will say, you know, do you have time to date? And I'll say, um, you know, I have plenty of time. You make time for the things you want to do you know? Mm -hmm. And so I have plenty of time to date the right guy. I mean, the awesome thing about being a small business owner is you can take off for two weeks, you know, no cell phone, Mm -hmm. no computer, no nothing, as long as you plan for it. I mean, you really have the ultimate flexibility. So my lifestyle is awesome. I mean, I work out of a Starbucks half the time. I'm, you Mm -hmm. know, take off at three o'clock in the afternoon. It's incredibly Mm -hmm. flexible. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, that's why I feel like I have the time if the right person was in my life, but it's the process of the coffee date or whatever kind of, you know, first one off dates. That's the thing that feels like it takes an inordinate amount of time to me. And I'd rather not make time for that, but you have to, I mean, I know you have to, cause it's step right. one, it's the crawling step, you know? Right. Right.
0: Well, and okay. So let me dissect that a little. And this is actually a good way to end because it's a lot of the stuff that we were talking about. So what I love about the parts that I love that you say about that. I, you know, I, I'm never too busy to date, and here's my life and this is how flexible I am. I would stay with that because that's, that's positive and it's upbeat and you're letting guys know, oh my gosh, I actually have a lot of time and I'm so excited because that I have, you know, my own career that I really can carve out my own time. So, you know, I, I'm, that part excites me about my life. You know, keeping it really upbeat and positive so that guy hears that you are open and available. But the problem with some of the things that you're adding to it like you you, you added a couple buts. So you added like but for the right guy, but not for a lot of coffee dates. So the guy hears that as judgment. And then he starts self-assessing himself. Well, am I the right guy? But what if I did want to take you on some coffee dates? And there's some cool coffee places I want to take you to. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? Like he, You you already are starting to orchestrate what you want without even getting to know him. You know what I'm saying? Now, down the line and the relationship gets a little bit more, that's different. But I'm talking about the beginning phases. Guys will glob on to the the negatives and the buts and the stipulations versus the positives so if you can just focus on that positive piece and then going and then go with the flow and and be fun at, while you're there and engaging it's he, he'll he'll feel it more I think Holly overall what I, what I'd sum up is that and I think this happens with a lot of professional women is that smart, successful women too, especially when you're in your masculine and you're in that business mode, use a lot of words. And I mean, let's face it, women use more words than men just in general. I think it's something like 2000 words a minute. We, we talk way more. And so we want to like put words and prepare the men for things when really what you should be doing is focusing more on the action and the process and the feelings and, and, and feeling good on the date. And then the rest will kind of take care of itself. So does, does that make sense? What I'm saying?
1: It absolutely does. And one thing you've taught me that I have to say has really helped me is I stop work at least an hour before I get ready for a date.
0: Yes. I put on
1: the funnest, get down music I can find. And I'm like dancing around with a glass of wine, you know, in my underwear, put my makeup on. And by the time I go out, I'm out of work mode, but that's something that has really, really helped me because I've, I can tell in the past, I would go straight from work and meet someone like some people mm-hmm. even walk in and I'm like trying to catch a little wireless at the bar before they get <laughs> on my laptop. I mean, I'm serious. And so I, you've really helped me in that particular Trick and tip or best practice has that helps me change my state or change my mode, and I think that that love it, that love kind it. of dovetails into this. Yeah, oh my god,
0: I've coached you well. I swear to god, I did not <laughs> say that, guys. No,
1: you didn't. No, 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 you I did, did. I promise. Girl Scouts yeah. Honor,
0: no, it's <laughs> awesome. No, you read my mind actually because I was gonna recap for everybody what we talked about just in terms of tips and. That is so beautiful. That's a beautiful way of ending because, you know, it's like first kind of having, the first step is really having that awareness of, is it that you're really busy or is there an attachment to some issue in the past that's preventing you, that there's a fear factor? And I think today we uncovered there definitely was for you. And to really determine that for yourself, you know, what's, what's real what is the busyness, and what is some of the fears? And kind of dissect those two. The second thing we talked about is using less words and put yourself more into action. So instead of trying to control the situation with prepping him and the words and where to go and how long you're going <laughs> to be on the date for, just go, have fun, be flirty about it. If you can't meet him for another couple weeks, keep him interested. Keep him on his toes so that he can't wait. To get to that two week mark. And then the third thing is what you said, Holly, it's perfect is that, you know, I always, and and you know this, I always say at least an hour in between your work self or even if you're a mom, your mom self and your date self. And within that hour, do things that really kind of shake it up and get you in your feminine flirty side. So it could be dancing, having a glass of wine. It could be putting on some sexy lingerie and looking at yourself in the mirror and just loving yourself, whatever it is that gets you in that sexy mindset, because that will translate going in. So anyway, Holly, I wanted to thank you. That was Awesome. I hope it was helpful for you. Definitely. Awesome. It was. I I really loved it. Good. Do you have any, like, last-minute words or takeaways that you wanted to share?
1: You know, I think part of it, too, is, like, when I think think a guy is, oh, he's got great potential, then I would be less likely to have that work mode turned on. But recently I had an experience where – I thought it wasn't a good potential, and so I, you know, put him off a little bit, and then I finally met up with him, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I really made a mistake that this guy has great potential, but because his online presence wasn't great, it totally threw me off, and so hmm. I think I kind of pick and choose when I'm going to, you know, let the work mode come on too strong or not, and I think now I realize that, you know, universally, I need to keep these practices in mind.
0: Yeah. Love it. Well, well put. Well, thanks, Holly, again. And for all of you, thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. And of course, I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more about the archetype that Holly was talking about and want to know what you are, make sure. You will go to my site, seltzerstyle.com. I have a brand new quiz that will determine which archetype you are. So take that quiz and stay tuned until next week with more tips and how to feel and look fabulous every single day.